morning about 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, and share that one too, you'll get one more entry. Which brings your mean up to three entries on the wheel if you do it. So, we're looking at joy, and what a better way, I mean, joy is, I love to sing, and just have fun singing and praising the Lord. So praise and worship is a great way to express our joy. And so, we're going to invite you. We do have some special musicians joining us. We have the Arlington, Texas Corps Praise and Worship Band that's going to lead us in the song in Christ Alone. And then we have the Irving, Texas Corps that's going to lead us in Praise and Worship with the song Christ Be Magnified. Isn't that fun? And so join with us, singing out in joyful exclamation this morning.
I'm encouraging you guys, if you missed it, because you're just joining us late, you'll have to catch us later to see what the prize is. But we will be announcing the winner of a prize tomorrow. And so if you share our live stream, comment that you're watching and share, you can enter in to our drawing that we're going to be doing live on our Facebook twice. And if you will go back and share the territorial one that we posted on our page earlier this morning, we'll put your name in there three times. So comment, say hello, share, and tune in tomorrow. But at this point in time, we're going to have a time of prayer concerns and praise reports. And so we invite you guys there and you guys here to join us as we talk about some praise reports as well as some burdens upon our hearts. And so if you're watching and you have a testimony or a prayer concern you would like to share, feel free to do so in the comments. And if you're here in the audience, we'd love to hear from you too about something you're happy, a blessing that the Lord has shared, or maybe a burden on your heart that the Lord would like you to pray for. So do we have anybody who would like to share?
we just ask these things in Jesus' name. Understand. 
starting off overseeing execution of Christians. Paul, or as he was known as Saul, was a persecutor of Christians. But God had a plan. He struck him blind. Paul ended up being left behind by his friends. Kicked out of almost every town he visited. One who would oversee the stoning of Christians would even be stoned himself, thrown into jail, left for dead, shipwrecked, snake bitten. He, even as he became a Christian, lived a life of constant trouble. He understood what it meant to struggle. Like so many of us do, life wasn't easy for Paul. And so during these times, I've read about his struggles, and I've read his letters, and certain things have just stuck out to me. You know, the saying that says, you know, just when you think you have it bad, there's always somebody else who has it worse. When you think you've got it bad, you start reading some of what happened to Paul and things like that, and it's like, hmm, well. Is that? You realize some of the difficulties Paul went through. Seem insurmountable almost. And yet, he pressed on. And I want us today to look at Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, we're going to be looking at the first 12 verses. I consider them rubbish, 
and that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Now that I have already attained all this, or have already been made perfect, not that I have already attained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I will press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold for me. Paul understood the joy. I rejoice in the Lord. True joy. It's only found one place. Joy that lasts regardless of troubles, only comes from one place. Joy that goes beyond a momentary emotion, but lasts regardless the circumstances face, only comes from the Lord. And Paul understood that. He understood that to experience, to true joy, to rejoice always. He was going to need to look beyond things that brought him momentary fleeting moments of happiness. And find what brought happiness that lasts even in the midst of darkness and sadness and troubles. And so Paul writes this to the church in Philippi. I love how he says, you know, it is no trouble for me to write these things again to you. So he knew that he's honestly said these things to them before. But he doesn't say, I can't believe I have reminding you about this. He considers it a joy, a privilege to share the joy of the Lord with them over and over and over again. In fact, Philippians has four verses or four chapters. Four chapters and yet the word joy shows up so many times. He speaks to them out of his trouble. He says it's no trouble to even come to them at this time to remind them to rejoice and be joyful. You see, he kind of says, you guys may have been focusing on the wrong things. You guys have been defining faith and being faithful by the 
3 through 5. He makes a point of saying, you know what? If we're going to start measuring off who is a better, who is more faithful as a Christian, and then you guys really don't measure up to me. I'm kind of, I'm kind of it. I have got all the qualifications. I check off all the boxes. But in verse 7, he says, <laughs> but even if I do, they don't matter. It doesn't matter how many boxes you check off if you can't check off and focus on the basic one, knowing Christ. If that box is not checked off, it doesn't matter how many others you can go check with. Because all of them do not stack up against the joy of knowing Jesus. He says, we who are the circumcision. In other words, we who follow the law, who are under the law. The Jewish people, who were the called people. They took joy in the fact that they were from the chosen people of God. Just as sometimes the church can find joy in being part of the church. We're called, though, to not see beyond that. Just as Paul says, it doesn't matter that I was Jewish, and it doesn't matter if you're part of the church. Paul goes on to say, you know what? Not only am I Jewish, but I'm from a pretty good tribe. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. I've been a Pharisee. I've kept the law the best I could. I was literally a model Jewish citizen. And that means nothing compared to knowing Christ. You can come to church. You can watch all the church services you want. You can be there as soon as they open their doors, anytime their buildings are open. It means not. If you do not know and follow Jesus. Paul's writing Philippians from jail. And we use to 
define happiness, right? There's that saying, you can't buy happiness, you can't buy joy. And then people argue about that, this back and forth. It's interesting to note that if your family has an income of more than $48,000 a year, you are actually considered in the top 1% of the world in earnings. Not necessarily the United States, but let's be real. Not everyone lives on our, our, our country. In the world, if you have an income of more than $48,000, you're in the top 1% of earnings for the world. And yet, those that are in that $48,000 are going, Joy is not found in what you have and what you own. There will be times where you're happy. There will be times when you're satisfied. But when the next greatest, newest thing comes along, that longing will start. 
And honestly, it's not surprising. It's the original sin. They were satisfied and happy until they were tempted with something more. Well, you have all of this, but what if you could really get all of this? Right? They had everything they ever needed. And they're tempted. What if you could become even more, even better? What if you didn't just get the air fryer, but it also had the built-in rotisserie so that you could make a turkey on Thanksgiving? Do you even have a bell for it? We still offer for this day. We look at the things coming next. Can we grow dissatisfied with what we have? And that's why it's important to realize that joy and happiness and satisfaction should never be found in the things we own in who we are, or what we have. Paul is saying here that joy, lifelong joy, only comes from one source. It's not something that we search ourselves and find within, but from the Lord. Look at verses 7 starting in verse 7 of Philippians 3 again. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss. <laughs> whatever things I had, whatever things I could boast about, whatever boxes I checked off, <laughs> it don't matter. In fact, the fact that I don't have to worry about that to bring me happiness is even better. What is more, I consider everything lost. All those boxes that were checked off, compared to knowing Jesus, they mean absolutely nothing. Not being responsible for my own righteousness is what he says. And not and being found in him, not having a righteousness of my own. In other words, thankfully, I'm forgiven. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. And then he says this thing. Kind of reminds them of what he's been saying all along. It don't matter what boxes I'm checking off, even now. Not that I have already obtained all of this. 
don't check off the box of knowing Jesus. But I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of for me. What brings you joy?
no light can ever take. No dark skies will ever extinguish that light. The joy in knowing the Lord. And we put our trust in Him. We rely in Him. Hard times are going to happen. People, they are happening right now, and they will probably happen again. They've happened before. But we can find joy in being faithful, in putting our trust in Him. For He is trustworthy. He can do all things, and all things are in His hands. Joy comes from pursuing the one who is all-powerful and all-surpassing. It comes from being confident in the one who promises life. Philippians 3.10, Paul talks about, I take joy in his sufferings and even his death. Right? But that's not where he ends it. Verse 11. So that I might somehow obtain the resurrection from the dead. Jesus is all that matters to you. Then and only then will you know joy. So we invite you to take this time. Look at your life. Look at what brings you joy.
pursuing Jesus, chasing after him, as you would all those others. If you are not chasing Jesus, pursuing him above all else, then you will not be able to understand what true joy is. But when Jesus is what matters most, you will have a joy that passes all understanding. joy that comes from knowing the Lord. And so we're going to have a song that plays. And as it does, we just invite you to take this
Most gracious and heavenly Father, we come before you this day, and we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you. We thank you for your son. We thank you for the fact that it honestly doesn't matter who we are and what we've done in the past. What matters is knowing you, knowing Jesus, and living our lives to become more and more like him. Help us to do so. Give us the strength